that little dance and planning. It's a skill set that you've developed now where you're like, this is what's going on today. I know I need to make these one or two adjustments. You make the plan and you execute the plan. And oftentimes before we get on our health system, we just don't have any plan at all. There's not even a little bit of this thing, but now you have the skill set. So no matter what happens, you're going to be able to like, okay, I'm making these one or two adjustments ready, go. And that is the meta skill of this health stuff. And you clearly have it now. All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Mr. Mike Harari, and he has a really interesting story because he joined the Fit Father Project and it didn't work for him. He's going to tell us about that. And then he ended up getting back on the bandwagon and he's seen amazing results. Mike is 40 years young, has a family. So Mike, welcome to the show. I'd love you to introduce yourself, your name, your age, where you're from, a little bit of what you do for work, and then let's get into your Fit Father journey. Awesome. Well, first off, really glad to be here. Pretty excited. Thank you so much for kind of reaching out. I was really happy when you guys reached out. So my name is Mike, Mike Harari. I am 40 years old. I actually live in Montreal. I have three kids. My youngest is actually, I want to say pushing three months. So literally, we've just kind of completed the family. No more kids at this point in time. Basically for work, I work with my family pretty much in the telecom industry and have been in that business now for, I want to say, 15 years. So it's been, you know, from a work standpoint, it's been great. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, essentially, I've always kind of, like many of us, I've always kind of wanted to focus on my health or tried focusing on my health or always had my health on my mind and, you know, tried multiple different programs up and down and have always just kind of been, you know, up and down and kind of, you know, healthy, unhealthy, healthy, unhealthy, feeling good, not feeling good. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me. So I'm going to say this, Mike, you're 40. I'd say most of the guys who are in our program, although we're over 40, are in their 50s and 60s. What really prompted you to make this a priority? I mean, you're having kids, but like, what prompted you to search on Google and find Fit Father Project? Like, what was motivating you at that time? You know, I've always been an active guy, I guess. In my early 30s, you know, again, as I said, I've always kind of wanted to be the healthy guy or be the guy that, you know, was able to kind of stay in shape. And so, you know, I got into running in my early 30s and I ended up running multiple, you know, half marathons, full marathons and triathlons even, you know, and as much as I was active, I never really felt healthy. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where, where it kind of started. You know, recently with having kids, it gets busy. And obviously I had, you know, not that, not that I stopped the running aspect, but it definitely had to slow down a bit. I mean, I started running when I had no kids. So I try and get out as much as I can, even though now it's kind of getting busy, but everything just kind of slowed down and not really, you know, priorities from, from food took a back seat. Again, I always had the, gotta, I gotta get healthy. I gotta feel good. I gotta stay in shape always, every single day on the back of my mind. And then just, kind of got fed up at one point. And then it's kind of really how I, how I started with you guys. So you found us online. And what I think is really powerful about your story is you found us in 2019 and you joined the program, but you didn't actually succeed with the program until 2021. So let's talk about that because I think this is some real talk. A lot of times we join things with great intentions 
but they, they don't end up working out. So what was that like for you at that time? And what happened? Like I said, I found you guys on Google really from just being fed up. I think that's kind of a good way to, good way to put it. Uncertain about how to do what. And, you know, the first go, it was a lot of new information, right? Like all this, the, the whole different eating periods and eating times. And I think historically, I've always been kind of, you know, you start a new program, you get excited, and I'm always kind of, I fall off the bandwagon within three weeks to about a month. That's kind of been my historical cycle. So it was 2019, and I remember this very clearly. I started the program, and I was doing good. Ironically, it's actually Father's Day came around, and I was on my 10:30, 2:30 dinner cycle, and Father's Day kind of came around and had that really early morning breakfast. And it was probably twice as big as I would normally have. And it just threw me off. And I knew right away, I was like, ah, I was frustrated with myself because I had known, I knew right away that it threw me off. And evidently it did. And so, you know, this was kind of like, everybody's kind of working from home and whatnot. And then the next six or seven months saying to myself, I got to get back. I got to get back. I got to get back, but obviously never doing so. And that's where you know, my wife's pregnant at the point in time, and I just started putting on some weight again. And so I kind of tapped out at about 200 and I want to say 210 pounds, which, you know, I guess, you know, I've always been kind of about a 195, 200 pound kind of guy, but it kind of topped it out for me at about 210. So it, it was definitely the heaviest that I had been in several years. Mm -hmm. So this carries on. We're derailed in June of 2019. You know, you're having kids throughout 2020 and then obviously coronavirus stuff in 2020. I imagine there's lots of reasons not to do it, right? Everyone's at home. Kids are at home. It's crazy stuff. And you're stuck in the same pattern. Is this, is this what's happening? Stuck in the same pattern. That's right. Stuck in the same pattern, you know, kind of get on a program and within three weeks to a month kind of feel like ah, just fall off the program for various reasons. Like I wouldn't say there isn't one specific reason. And so come almost October 2020, where my wife and I were looking for a new house. And so we end up buying a new house and we're packing up all our stuff to start moving. So this was, I want to say late November, late November, 2020. At this point in time, we were moving out early December. Get to my closet and I, I see a bunch of suits that haven't been worn in about six months, maybe more. And I say to myself, you know what, just let me just, I mean, I didn't want to, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was a bit scared, but I said, screw it. Let me just, and, and I got to tell you, like, I, I don't know what it was. It was this bizarre yet very real trigger where I put on these old suits and they fit, but I would not be caught dead outside with them. And that just, I said, something's got to change. You know, again, I, I kind of always, you know, knew I'm not healthy. I'm not unhealthy. I'm just kind of in this yeah limbo. Yeah. I'm coasting. And I've, I've always said coasting is the worst. I'd rather be, you know, super heavier than coast. I mean, coasting is just an awful place to be because you're nor here nor there. And I think I emailed you guys and I requested for the reset and it was this trigger that literally went off in my head that said, you know, and it's funny because it, it like, I know we, we do this for our families. We do this because we have kids and yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent, but it was this trigger that just said, this is not good. Like it's not good. It's too much of an up and down. There's all these emotions when you do well and you lose five pounds, you're like, yeah, but then, you know, if it slows, you know, you're, you're upset or you're struggling and all those emotions. And then there's tons of temptation around you when it comes to food all day long. So, so I emailed you guys, I reset the program and it just, like I said, that trigger of 
unfortunately putting on clothes that that fit me a few months ago combined with COVID at the time combined with being at home combined with the move just kind of all came together and it hit me and I said I got to find a way to, to, to make this last longer than a month and I think that was that was my initial you know, that's the initial motivation I'm a big believer that I don't know if motivation really lasts long term sometimes I think that's tough to kind of say you know let's be motivated forever what I really tried to work on was my discipline. And I really wanted to work on my discipline by saying, I can't go back and fall off the bandwagon, you know, a month in or three weeks in or five weeks in or whatever the number is. I got to figure something out that's going to work. And that's kind of was my trigger point. And that's kind of how it kind of moved forward. And throughout the move, throughout New Year's, throughout whatever occurred, I just stuck to that meal plan and did my absolute best to not derail from the meal plan as best as I could. You know, that 1030 window I find is very effective for me. You know, I can totally understand how some people might see it tough to wake up and, you know, not eat until 1030. But I find it very empowering, to be honest, right? I mean, waking up and just kind of like sometimes being really hungry and getting over that hunger, it's like, wow, I can do this. And so that's kind of where where that trigger was. And that's kind of where brought me to today. That's powerful. Just listening to that, I'm seeing you in those suits, trying them on, they're tight. And it, and it doesn't matter. That may seem trivial, right? We think we need to be motivated by things like imagining what our great grandkids or we'll never meet them. But oftentimes it's the tangible stuff. That hits deep. And I can see how there was a shift in your mentality immediately where there was more power in your decisions and more resolve. And I actually think it's partly because you struggled for a year and a half that it was just the extra pent up frustration on top of that. There's this breaking point moment. And I say, thank God it wasn't a heart attack for you is some suits. But from there, you got structure with nutrition. Nutrition was definitely a thing that you needed to work on the most. And for you, intermittent fasting, meaning time restricted eating, you have the first meal at 1030 to kick things off. Really effective strategy, obviously work for you. What happens then as you're starting to follow this? How much weight do you lose? What's the process like? And I want to start there. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I've always been good at losing five, six, seven pounds kind of here and there, right? I've never really found that to be a problem, you know, um, but really just the, you know, the restricted timing at 1030. I know you say 1030, 230, 630, but you know, like at one point, like I was adapting the program to myself. And that's one of the things I think is really important is that we need to be able to adapt. And I agree hundred percent with what you say, the weight loss program, the diet program, however you want to spin it, that works for you is the one that you can stick to. I, I mean, you cannot have truer words <laughs> than that. You know, so for me, it was, I set myself some rules. I said, okay, I'm not going to eat before 1030, but I can eat after 1030. So if we go to 11, we go to 11. I said, I'm not going to eat before 230. Ironically, we're, we're filming at 2.30. I'm not eating until after this, this conversation. <laughs> and I said to myself, you know, I can eat at 2.30, but I don't want to eat before. I can eat after. So if I go until 3.30, sometimes I'm busy at work and whatnot. And all of a sudden, wow, it's 3.15. And then I said to myself, dinner, I don't want to be overly restrictive on dinner. So I know it's 6.30, but you know what? Sometimes 6.30 is tough. So I'm like, let me go to 7.30. Let me go till 8 o'clock. Let me go till 8.30 sometimes. And I just found that rhythm that I was like, all right, I feel like this is beginning to work. And, you know, like I said, the first few pounds I felt were a little bit easy. I got stuck around probably 200 for a few weeks. 
was fluctuating to a one. And then I was like, all right, I got to kick it into gear. But I really feel that the nutrition for me was, was the key factor. And being able to have that sense of control in a healthy way, you know, was such a critical factor, I feel for me. You know, the, the exercises are great. I won't lie, like, you know, it's three times a week for me working out. Sometimes just before I go to bed, I try and pop out 20, 30 push-ups in my room. But really, it was, it was three times a week. For me, I was like, I, I could not get to five times a week at times, five times, just with the kids running around. So I said, I'm going to do three times a week, but I'm going to make them super intense. And so that's what I did. But for me, it was really the nutrition. It was all about the nutrition, it was being able to be in control of the food in a good way, not in a way that makes me crazy or makes me, you know, or makes me look weird to other people. There definitely was an aspect where in any regiment or weight loss, or again, however you want to spin it, I feel it's more what you don't eat than what you do eat. All right. Can't be eating French fries, but I could be eating a little chocolate ball every now and then. And so those were some of the things that I did. I gave myself some rules that I said, I can follow this, you know, and, and to me, it's, it's, it's a rule which makes sense. It's a rule which I feel like I can integrate into my day-to-day. And so that's really what helped me kind of create the most success is just following to those rules, being, being strict to those rules, deviating every now and then, but you know, being on the right side than more often than being on the right side. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And I, I think what, what came to me is you're saying it's like disciplined but not restricted disciplined in that you put some guidelines down, particularly with timing. That's why we're such huge proponents, as you know, in the meal plan of like, let's start with your structure first. First, when, like what's the architecture and secondarily food. There's lots of different kinds of healthy foods you could eat. So you nailed that. And I also think what's powerful is this experience you talk about, about being hungry. You wake up some mornings and maybe some mornings you're not hungry and it's easy to go to 11, but some mornings you wake up and you are hungry and you're starving, yet you stick to this sacred rule. You have to, you know, one of the things that I feel was, you know, sometimes I feel like when, when we get into this, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to get healthy. It's, you know, oh, but I'm busy. Oh, but I'm this. Oh, but, oh, but, you know, oh, but, you know, and, and, and listen, we've all, we've all been there, right? Like I'm not the one to say, don't make, I mean, I've made all the excuses possible. At one point though, there needs to be a, a bit of a, listen, if you really want to do this, then you're going to have to nix something. You just can't go to a restaurant five nights a week and be able to, to walk out there not having dessert one of those times. You know, so it just became, you know, the long term for me was what I want out of this. You know, I really want to just feel good more than anything. I'm thrilled and stoked about the weight loss. But for me, it was I want to feel good more than anything. Like, I don't want to wake up tired. I don't want to wake up exhausted. And that was really part of it was I don't feel good. Like, I, I, I legit do not feel good. But yeah, like, I mean, evidently it was, the time restriction was huge. You know, eating at 1030 and like you said, being hungry in the morning and saying, and, and typically when I was hungry in the morning, I'd be like, I knew I, you know, I had an ex, you know, perhaps a bigger meal the night before. You know, typically if I finish eating early, I'm not hungry until I can go longer. It's kind of this weird, like sometimes when I finish eating at 830 at night, hunger at seven o'clock in the morning. But if I finish eating at 6.45 at night or 7, I can go until 11 o'clock, 11, 11.30. And so all of those things kind of play tricks through mind. But evidently, you know, I said to myself, I'm not going to eat before 
no matter what happens, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have coffee. I'm going to have water. I'm going to, you know, you, you know, you give great examples about having water with lemons, right? Like lemon juice and water that helps <laughs> a pinch of salt really helps. It really cuts the hunger in the morning if you feel that. So those are some of the things I did. And again, I'm 10 30 dinner and I try and be as disciplined, but I do my best to give myself as much flexibility as I can, because if not, I know I'm going to fall off if I don't, you know, if I say to myself, I have to eat at seven o'clock and I don't, there's this disappointment factor that kicks in automatically. And so that's the flexibility that I've allowed myself that I feel evidently has really helped along the way. It obviously has. And, and for context, you've lost how much weight? So my heaviest actually way back, I was 225, I actually lost some weight, got myself down to about 190. Um, but it, again, that was probably the unhealthy way because I, I had done it through lots of cardio and it was super this fluctuation but the most recent was 209 or let's say 210 and i'm i'm at 173 right now so it's about 36 36 pounds so you you lost around 35 36 pounds and what i love about it too is you have young kids at home you're working in a family business and what and you figured out the things that you need to be disciplined about which for you is the structure of the timing of the eating this is also something that you can do no matter what, wherever you go, traveling for business, out of town, like you can maintain that rhythm. So I think it's a rhythm that's great. You're learning more about your body. So you're also figuring out if I don't sleep well the night before I'm hungry the next day, or if I eat too late, this is that. So you, you learn more about your body from this structure and you didn't go overly crazy about the workouts. I mean, you're doing these high, our workouts are high intensity and challenging, no doubt about that, but it's not like you have to do it every single day. If you're a busy person, the nutrition plus the sprinkled in workouts obviously moves the needle. It, it does. I mean, like I said, th for me, it's three days. If I can get three intense workouts in that to me is really good. And then typically, you know, every night or every other night, you know, just before bed or whatnot, I'll, I'll kind of hit and Again, try and do some push-ups and just to get, you know, like a stretch going or like a little, little bit of a pump going, something to, you know, I didn't work out today, but at least, you know, so those are some of the things that really helped me, you know, and again, evidently it's, it's what really has, I think, helped me out. I, I also want to say, you know, the time restriction is very, very powerful, but, you know, sometimes again, there's, there's that aspect of flexibility. I'll give you an example. Here in Montreal, it was a national holiday here in Quebec yesterday. And so we took the kids to the zoo. And so... I said to myself, all right, we're leaving early in the morning. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. Instead of doing 10.30, 2.30 dinner, I'm going to do 12 o'clock because that's when everybody's going to kind of have lunch. 12 o'clock, a small snack around 4 or 5, and then dinner. And so, again, knowing that I, I kind of took me half a second to pre-plan that before, executed on my plan, like did not eat at 10.30, you know, waited it out. Yeah, I was a little bit hungry, had some water, drank some water to kind of cut the curb. And then at that point, was able to kind of have lunch with everybody, maybe had a little bit of a bigger lunch than I would normally do breakfast. Then on the drive home, had a little protein bar, which kind of held me until, until dinner. That flexibility that I've allowed myself, I allow myself that flexibility and I'm good with it. And that's really what has, I think, helped in my journey is, is just not throwing myself under the bus whenever I don't eat well, which has happened every now and then. Yeah. Michael, I want to say well played on that. And it really, of you've said a lot of phenomenal things, 
But in particular, that actually makes me the most proud of you because what you just demonstrated, and I think it's subtle and I want people to pick up on this, is that little dance and planning. It's the skill set that you've developed now where you're like, this is what's going on today. I know I need to make these one or two adjustments. You make the plan and you execute the plan. And oftentimes before we get on our health system, we just don't have any plan at all. There's not even a little bit of this thing, but now you have the skill set. So no matter what happens, you're going to be able to like, okay, I'm making these one or two adjustments, ready, go. And that is the meta skill of this health stuff. And you clearly have it now. And that also gives me so much confidence on why this is going to be sustainable for you moving forward. I will say, and and I agree by the way, but I will say as well, you know, that, you know, sometimes in just talking about that adjustment, sometimes you know, I've said to myself, all right, maybe I should break that 1030 and eat sooner. You know, maybe, maybe I'll be overly hungry, you know, if I go kind of long enough. And that's how I've always thought. I've always said to myself, let me eat and deal with it later. And now I'm saying to myself, no, eating is not the answer. It's not in an unhealthy way or in a negative way I'm saying that. It's in a way that I can keep myself accountable is that if I do something which I know is breaking my rules, it's going to be hard to emotionally recover from it. But if I say to myself, you know what, I'm not going to eat at 10th or I'm eating at 12 or you know what, man, you know what, I'm going to even go longer than that. You know, I might even go until, let's say, I don't know, one o'clock or let's say I might have breakfast at 1030, be out in the road, forget to pack either a protein bar or lunch. And then I said to myself, okay, instead of going out and buying food at 230, I'm going to stick it out until I get home let's say at 3.30, rather than going out and eating something that might be unhealthy, a million and one options that you can grab on the go. So rather than doing that, knowing that I'm not going to know what to do right in the moment, like, what do you do? Yeah, okay, I'll just, I'll just take something just because I'm hungry. But rather than do that, train myself or tell myself, it's okay, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be all right, just wait it out. And then, you know, if, if I happen to miss the 2.30 meal, say I get home at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, I'll have my meal at four o'clock. It just kind of works out. But my rules work for me. They, you know, somebody else will have a different set that might work for them. It just kind of works for me. I, I've managed it in a way that I can have a, a healthy aspect of control over it. I feel it works. And I think the added benefit of things like intermittent fasting, which I'm a huge fan of, I do as well. It's just a really good way to set things up. Is it it helps you observe your hunger and not identify with it as much. And it strengthens your discipline in the process. I mean, the fact that you're able to now observe the hunger and no longer be a quote unquote slave to it, this control that you feel is just incredible, right? Yeah. It's hugely powerful to be able to, you know, be hungry, curb the hunger, and then eat something where you know is kind of, you know, it's healthy or it's good for you or, you know, stick into the program or whatnot, rather than feeling hungry, something small just to kind of hold you. And then just not knowing, you know, okay, I had that. And then all of a sudden you're just thrown off. So like I said, I have not deviated, you know, since November, it really has been a very strict ten thirty, two thirty dinner. You know, I give myself flexibility on dinner, but I do not give myself flexibility on breakfast or lunch. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot, right? You need to balance consistency with variety. And you seem like you've nailed that, especially you're a busy guy working in your company. It's almost good to have regimented first meals of the day because you don't need to think about it. You like it. And then dinner can be all sorts of different stuff. And there's no such thing as perfect. It's just a cluster of good decisions moving forward. That's right. 
That's right. I agree. So here's a question I have. How For those who are listening, it's a shame because they don't get to see how damn healthy you look. <laughs> oh, thank you. You just, you're glowing. You're like, a, you look like an incredibly healthy, vibrant man. And it's amazing. Now, how has that change in your being and your energy affected the different areas of your life? Like your productivity at work, your relationship with your family, you know, maybe some of your inner stuff the non-fitness or the non-scale victories, as we like to call them too. What are some of those? What have those been for you? I mean, there's definitely no doubt. There's been, you know, I kind of see it in every aspect. You know, and I don't want it to sound cliche, but it's the truth. You know, I'm up every morning between 6 and 6.30. I do my best to kind of wake up maybe a little bit before the family. You know, and these are things I would have never been able to do just from, you know, from, from feeling unhealthy. Being up at 6 and being able to get up before everybody else does, grabbing a cup of coffee, just, you know, having 10 minutes to myself has just been, can't explain the, what 10 minutes in the morning does to just, I mean, I, I know we're recharged from sleep, but 10 minutes in the morning just to have to yourself, huge. So those are one of the things that I really try and do. Even my wife knows, she's like, uh, she's like, babe, it's 6.15, go grab your shower so you can go grab your coffee. She's really kind of really bought into and just sees some of those changes. It's helped all along. With my kids, they love working out with me. When I'm exercising in the basement, you know, my son comes and he's three. So he's like, ah, you know, he comes down and he starts doing push-ups and this. It's just, you know, some of those things are, are priceless to see. It's, it really is those, those little things. From a work standpoint, I mean, I'd say I'm probably a little bit more productive, although I'm not going to lie, I, I haven't thought about that too much. I think I'm probably maybe just as productive as I was before. I, I'm not too sure that that has changed too much. But as far as just the energy level, being able to show my kids how to they work out with daddy, it's just, I cannot explain. It's cool. Just, it, it's, such a, it's such a simple yet very emotional feeling to have your three-year-old and your five-year-old. My daughter, they both come down together and they see me kind of in the basement with the music blaring and they both come down together and they kind of start pumping out push-ups with me. <laughs> and what's amazing about that as I'm thinking about this is this is the home environment that they're being raised in. This is like the new normal. They're moving their bodies. How could it not shape them in a productive way to make this a joyful thing? Right. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Uh, it's really beautiful to see. My final question for you, Mike, is there are a lot of guys who, when you found us, you were actually not even 40 yet. You were in your late thirties who are charging hard at their career building their families, building their wealth, staying busy, maybe haven't had like a big, you know, heart attack or bad doctor's visit or anything devastating like that, but are kind of stuck in the limbo of just the frustration. What advice would you give to that man or even to yourself at that time? What would you say now that you've gone through this journey? I think, you know, listen, all of us kind of go through these different emotions at different times. I believe that every guy, man, husband, you know, wants to do their best, wants to be their best. And I can completely understand and appreciate how 101 things kind of gets in the way because it's always kind of been like that for me. I think, you know, if I would have to advise someone and say, or give someone a piece of direction and says, number one, listen, I'm, I'm only 40 years old. So I don't know what it, you know, you know, what it's like to be, you know, in mid fifties or forties or sixties or whatever it is. But I, I do believe it's probably never too late to start. That's for sure. So that would be the first thing I would say is probably never too late to start. And I will say as well that it is extremely important, in my view, to have 
proper and realistic expectations. A lot of the times when we see these programs, you know, it's, it, it takes time. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm probably a little on the perhaps fortunate side. I might have had a bit of a, a foundation only because I've, I've been, I won't say obsessed, but I've always been thinking about my health. So maybe I had a bit of a better foundation. Maybe some other people don't. But setting realistic expectations, I think, is critical. It doesn't happen overnight. It shouldn't happen overnight. It's a long, fun process. There needs to be fun in losing weight and getting healthy, as weird as that might sound. <laughs> it's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. It's, you, know, you have to find the, the joys in the small wins. There are no home runs in this. You are not going to lose 50 pounds in a week. It just, A, it doesn't make sense. B, it's not healthy. You know, C, you'll probably get people being like, what the hell happened to you? (laughs) And that's not what you want. So I think advice would be realistic expectations. You're in for the long haul. Find ways to make it fun. Enjoy the one pound weight loss. Don't get stuck up on the, you know, on when your scale fluctuates and you're up two pounds. Those don't mean much. What means everything is the long haul. What means everything is what you're in it for the long haul. I'm trying to see 43, 44, 45, 50. That's how far I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see at that point in time. So that's really what I would say. Realistic expectations, probably never too late to really start. Have fun. You got to have fun. You have to set, for myself, I call it rules. There is sacrifice. There has to be. We can't eat anything we want. There has to be sacrifice in order for it to make, to have it mean something. There has to be. It it can't just be eat whatever you want, work out three times a week and boom, you know, all of a sudden overnight, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen in business, doesn't happen in anything. And And it shouldn't happen in this as well. And so I've seen it as a long, long, long journey. I've had 101 failures at this point. I'm, I'm feeling really good. I feel confident that I've gotten myself to a disciplined format where I feel good, where even if I mess up a little bit, I'm pretty confident it's not going to completely derail me. And I'm truly, I'm forever grateful. I mean, like it's been fun. I've had a great time. I've really enjoyed all the, you know, the social media, you know, with the Fit Father Project, the social media page, and all that kind of stuff. It's just been an interesting experience. There aren't that many programs geared for, for men. And so to, to, have, to have something geared for men is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. And it has been fun. This conversation's been fun and a lot of wisdom in what you shared, Mike. And congratulations. I'm so confident in your system as well and all that you learned. And this was a long time coming for you. But that makes it all the more rewarding because it's also who you become in this process. That's the good stuff, right? It definitely is rewarding. Again, I, I've been through, and I'm sure everybody has. You know, there's been a lot of people that did go through the ups, the downs. You know, it's I, I gained three pounds or this. Uh, it, there's just so much negative self-talk, you know. And I think we just got to eliminate all the self-talk, negative self-talk, that is. Eliminate all the background noise, you know, and, and really just try and focus on being the best version of the program following a program as best as we possibly can, you know, not getting beaten up when you don't see a result right away. I know it's easy for me to say that right now because perhaps I'm on the other side and it might be easy at this point in time. But the truth is, it's been almost seven months now. And I can tell you nothing that I've ever done in this respect has lasted even more than a month. And so, you know, again, I I thank you very much and just, you know, really appreciate all of your, your guidance in the videos. It's been a lot of fun. So. Thanks for this conversation, Mike. 
excited to get this out to the guys. I know it's going to help a lot of people. And, you know, the truth you shared being on the other side, this is what men need to hear because what you see is true now is from the perspective of someone who got over the hurdles, a man with 101 excuses. <laughs> You're the perfect case study, man. Thank you. I mean, so so thank you for being real and sharing all this and God bless. And I'm so excited for your future, your healthy kids, happy family and six pack abs at 50. And uh, <laughs> we will bring you on in 10 years, you know, just to check back in. All right, Michael, thank you so much for this. We appreciate it tremendously. And everyone, thanks for listening to Fit Father Project Podcast. We have more episodes just like this coming up soon. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash fitfatherproject to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.